This is Sirius FM. A time of the morning where we join our very own uh, Professor Andre Duvanaga from the uh, University of Potterstrom. Uh, he's in senior management and also lectures in political science. And not forgetting, he's on all media throughout yeah, South Africa and also throughout the world and uh, giving his thoughts and views on uh, politics and other events. Uh, Professor Andre Duvanaga, good morning and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Shafat. Nice talking again. Yes, uh, Prof, always look forward to the segment. Uh, look at uh, the South African Communist Party takes aim at political scavengers who capitalized on weak ANC to hurt Ramaphosa. This, uh, you know, um, alliance between uh, uh, ANC and uh, uh, the South African Communist Party, uh, this uh, love for the uh, uh, Communist Party for Cyril Ramaphosa, they are very vociferous about it. They make it open and they tell the, everyone, Hands off, Cyril Ramaphosa. Why this uh, alliance between uh, CR and SACP, Prof? Well, uh, Shafat, there's a long history. And maybe we must briefly talk about uh, the history of the SACP. Then we can understand their relationship with the ANC a lot better. But they were established 1921. And... Uh, uh, Initially, they were part of the 1922 strikes, and they fight on behalf of white people for uh, exclusivity in terms of jobs. So they were aligned initially with what we later called apartheid and uh, colonial practices, that type of thing. But in 1928, with the comitant that's the international Communist League's organization, they repositioned themselves and they became aligned with what they call the native struggle. And they aligned with the ANC. And uh, at that point in time, they had about something like 1,750 members, of which 1,600 were black people. And uh, they became part of the African Native Congress, that was the, the, the predecessor of the ANC, and their struggle against colonialism. They were banned in 1950, and then they helped with the, uh, the, the, the writing of uh, the Freedom Charter, and they were the initiative behind the National Democratic Revolution. They were a very strong Jewish influence, think Bram Fischer, and these type of people, they played a very important role. And then they part, become part of establishing after Charbol, the Encanto with Chisway movement, the struggle, and what is going on. And uh, they fought the struggle, and basically they were never a big party, but they were influential. They were what they call a vanguard party. After 1994, with uh, the election, they become part of the Nelson Mandela cabinet. Interesting, around the turn of the century, they uh, opposed Tabum Beki's gear and Asgiza, and they supported, in a way, Zuma, but repositioned very drastically after corruption. From there on, they supported Ramaphosa in his battle against corruption. But quite interesting. And it's to the opposite you have mentioned. I picked up over the weekend that there was a message coming from the 100-year 
festival of the SACP, that they are not necessarily supporting Cyril um, Ramaphosa. Uh, they, they, they may reposition. Now, uh, I, I agree with you. Your, your information is probably also correct. But there are conflicting viewpoints coming from the SACP indicating to me that there's also debate about how they should reposition themselves. But they were the brain behind the behind the ANC and the freedom struggle. They developed the Freedom Charter. They are the people thinking about the National Democratic Revolution, and this is their role in South African politics. Prof, you know, you have a way of tickling my brain. So you talk about uh, Jewish influence in the communism. And if you look at the Russian uh, uh, communism, you know, the 1917 uh, revolution, and you looked at uh, Stalin and you looked at Lenin and you looked at all these people, Karl Marx and so forth. But uh, Stalin, Lenin and Karl Marx all happen to be Jews. And this Jewish influence in influencing world politics, uh, you look at the Americans uh, run by the you know, uh, APAC, uh, the American-Israeli Press Affairs uh, Committee, you look at Israel uh, today, they can do most of what they do with, uh, without impunity, backed by the West, backed by Europe, backed by America, backed by Britain, backed by Germany. Uh, talk to us about this, uh, the Jewish, you know, power when it came to changing uh, the politics of countries, uh, Prof. Well, Shafat, you know, there is interesting things. I'm not Jewish in, in any way whatsoever. I am Dutch, German, <laughs> French, and, and my, my book lines in that lane. So when I talk about the Jews, there's not a, a natural biological connection. But my impression is that the Jews are extremely clever people. And I have heard that their general intelligence quotient is a bit above average. And you can see that in their performance when it comes to a Nobel Prize winning, that type of thing. They are really a group of people with a lot of talent on many levels. And you are quite right. In their thinking, they are also influencing world thinking. And that is one of the reasons for the huge conflict between them and the Nazis in the build-up to the Second World War and what happened then. I'm not justifying anything. I'm just identifying the conflict because the Germans believed they were superior and the Jews outperformed them in some way. But yes, in a South African context, they were definitely influential. And it's quite interesting, you know, even going to Namibia, going to my place where I hunt in the Kois area, there's literally a hotel and a township and maybe one top or two, you will find a Jewish influence over there. My friend's neighbors were Jewish, Lichtensteins, and they were very, very influential in that area. So that is a phenomenon throughout the world. And you can see that in the Middle East, in terms of the fighting going on over there, they were outnumbered on all levels, but they put on a fight. That is the Jewish. And I think Samuel Huntington, the American political scientist, said that uh, we not always need uh, technology, material, and that type of thing. 
You can outthink, you can outsmart people in terms of strategy. For me, the biggest military strategist, and I lectured strategy for a time at the University of the Free State, for me, the biggest one was a guy called Martin von Krefeld, which is a Jew, and he made an analysis on the level of Karl von Klausewitz, which is recognized as one of the huge uh, military strategic thinkers. So that is my understanding of them, and uh, I believe that is, in a way, objective, what I'm saying to you. Yes, sir, Prof. I'm looking at a message from Asif. He says, uh, Shafaat, you and Prof already talk about the nitty gritty, but I want to tell uh, you and Prof, uh, you and Prof, Shafaat, that uh, the banking system, the breweries and the entertainment and the food industry is run by the Jews. And I want to tell Prof also in 1967, when the Jews were getting a hiding, it was America that came and saved them in the 1967 war. If it was not for America today, there would have been no Israel. How do you react to Asif, Prof? Okay, I, I will tell you a story, Shafat. I don't know if I have a minute. If I have a minute, I can tell you the story. Go for it, I was Prof. making a presentation at Vereniging, at uh, one of the old big hotels on the Wall River. And I make a presentation about South African politics, the dynamics and my concerns and scenarios and all of this. And they came a guy to me. And he asked me about the South African Jewish connection. And he made the following statement to me with tears in his eyes. He said to me, in the 67 war, no one wanted to support the Jews. But it was the South Africans under Balsafar John Porter who made airplanes available to support the Jews. And his words was that the Jewish will support the Afrikaner for the times to come. And if you look at the relationship, uh, when South Africa was in isolation in the 70s and the 80s, our military technology, our military industry was hugely supported by, the, amongst others, the Jewish also Taiwan, and maybe a state or two, Argentina, and so on and so on. But there was a connection. Now, I, I understand, my understanding from what happened in the 67 war, in short, was that South Africa's intervention was very critical for the survival of the Jews. I'm telling this on basis of what this guy told me with tears running over his cheeks. He told me that story that was about two years ago. And I know this guy in person because he's farming very close to my son-in-law in the Kunskruen area. And they are people of integrity. I, I don't have problem with them. But I believe you may write there may be American influences as well. Sir, Prof, which character he belongs to, Prof? Uh, this guy, or myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, your 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 friend uh, that was crying for. No, uh, no, no, that, 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 I'm not sure. Uh, they, uh, uh, they are not Jewish uh, in their traditional sense. They are part of. I think it was Lebanon, Lebanese, 
He's part of these uh, okay. Lebanese groups. So um, uh, he had that. I don't know what is his direct connection, and I don't know his religious affiliation. I don't know yeah. him that well, but he was not part of what I understand, the Orthodox Jewish churches and that context. Yeah, and the Prophet, you're absolutely brilliant because uh, we know lots of churches here in South Africa actually pray for Israel. Uh, even uh, Justice Moheng Moheng prays for Israel. The Christian Baptist Church in America, the whole uh, Balfe prays for Israel. So that, I was just trying to get that in order. Prof, your parting words uh, this morning? So, but I think we need to watch what is going on in South Africa. There's a lot of development going on. I must say, I received the message early this morning that that message of Mukweng Mukweng that was tending around according to his office is not true. Yes. He predicted a very, very unstable environment. I am currently writing about uh, South African politics, what will happen in the near future. I am very concerned about the next 18 months. And I know that the Indian community in South Africa is also facing major challenges in terms of xenophobia, in terms of racism. And maybe it is the time to take a leave from the book of the white South Africans. Uh, we had a history of war and we had a long tradition, but we stood very, very calm during this time. We are preparing ourselves in terms of a security environment. And maybe that is the way forward in terms of community development for the Indian people as well. But you need to safeguard your environment. You need uh, to, to be very, very careful because my assessment is that the environment can become overnight very dangerous. Well said, Prof. You have a blessed day ahead. We'll talk to you tomorrow this time, Prof. Thank you very much. Yes, sir, Professor Andre Dubonaga. Ready, people. We get it all on the Breakfast Club on Sirius FM. Time for us to go for our break. When we get back, Mufti Brian Smith will be joining us, discussing succumbing to the fear factor. It's not Islamic. Please stay tuned. You with Sirius FM 105.7, your number one station in the East Rand.